You are an entrepreneur, a professional, a speaker, or a coach. And although you've come a long way, it's time for you to take it to the next level. We've got you. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. We'll help you use authority and influencer marketing to build your business stronger and faster by publishing a book. You'll hear from guests that are thought leaders in sales, marketing, networking, communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And today I am excited because we're going to be talking about branding yourself as an expert and why that can change your financial future. So if you've been wondering, well, you know, I've got my company brand. Maybe you need to think about branding yourself as well. Today, I'm glad to welcome Annie Yang to the show. She is a game changer for millennials tired of running on a never-ending financial treadmill. She's not only a money-saving guru with over a million, with an M, YouTube views, but she's also written Amazon bestsellers like the 5-Day Job Search and 1,000 Ways to Save Money. Annie's not a Gen Zer or from an earlier generation like me. She's a millennial who understands how crazy the job market is and keeping a positive bank account status is right now. And she gets it. The delayed dreams, the struggles, the hunger for escape. Man, that's not just millennials. I think that's, I think that's <laughs> everyone. <laughs> but here's the thing. Annie doesn't just talk the talk. She walks it. And that's why I'm excited to have her on the Author to Authority podcast today. Welcome to the show, Annie. Kim, thank you so much for having me on the Author to Authority podcast. Really excited to be here today to teach people how they can personally brand themselves as an expert and build authority in their industry. You know, let's get right into it. So why, first of all, is it important that, you know, as an entrepreneur, professional speaker, that you brand yourself? It's important because people these days, if they cannot find you online and they don't see much content of you online as well that portrays your expertise, they're not going to give you the opportunity that you're looking for, right? Like if, if all you do is like, even if you're an entrepreneur and you own a company, but you haven't personally branded yourself. So meaning the stuff you post online is like what you ate last night or, or your drink at Starbucks. Like people aren't going to see you as the expert. And my goal here is to get everyone who is, is smart, brilliant, intelligent, creative, like who actually has substance behind the things that they do to be elevated in their industry. Because after I saw, what was her name? Elizabeth Holmes and the scandal that she did with Theranos, where she like scammed billions of dollars out of people. Well, she was an expert at branding herself. You know, she got so many people to believe in her, her dream, but there was no substance behind what she was doing. She's basically like this empty shell. So I actually want to help people who do know what they're doing, who are highly competent <laughs> to be able to market themselves, because these are the real people who deserve opportunity, not people like Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah. Yeah. I liked what you said there is, is about giving them the visibility that they need. And, you know, I think so many times 
Well, you know, I experienced this when I first started the publishing company. I would go to events and usually there'd be some sort of publishing company, you know, some sort of person on stage who was offering their publishing services. And I would look at what they were offering and how much they were charging. And I was thinking, you know, I charge about a third of what they're charging. I provide way more services. First of all, that was should have been a thing to me that I needed to raise my prices. But, (laughs) you know, they were providing a lot less and charging a whole lot more. And yet, even though there was people I had talked to before they saw this presentation who were going to work with me, as soon as they saw the person on stage, they paid three times more for a whole lot less. Why? Because the person on the stage had the visibility and I didn't. Yeah. And they have charisma. You know, they've learned how to sell themselves. And people like that kind of confidence. You know, Mm, when when you can speak with that kind of confidence on stage and sell it, people are like, I want some of that. It's not just like buying the service that you're selling. They want to be around that person because confidence is infectious. Like if I'm confident and other people want to be around me, they probably feel like I can feed off of her and learn how to be confident myself as well. Because mm. it's like you're the byproduct, the average of the five people you spend time with. So, yeah, if, if I could meet someone on stage who <laughs> wasn't offering <laughs> as much as you, I mean, I can learn more things beyond just the services, but like that person as a whole as well. That's my opinion. Yeah, no. And and I agree. And, and you know, that's the thing. But one of the big keys was was that this person was on the stage. They were the ones that were the m- most visible. They were the ones that were being promoted by the event coordinators, right? So not only did they have the charisma, but they had people who, you know, the people attending this conference considered important telling you that you needed to work with this person. (laughs) When, well, also the fact that like the people recommending this person didn't work with that person directly, like they weren't (laughs) clients, right? (laughs) Well, sometimes they are, but sometimes they're not. Yeah, exactly. They they don't even know what it's like to work with this person. So I think, you know, when when you talk about that, that credibility factor, right? Now, there's more ways than just speaking on stage to become, you know, that that credible expert. And we're going to cover that today, you know, with you, Annie. But first of all, I just wanted to take a quick ad break, everybody. I have a bunch of free resources available to you. And in the next 15 seconds, I'm going to share one of them. One of the keys to becoming an author is hiring the right publisher. It's the difference between having a book that converts readers into clients and one that sits unused on a shelf. Check out seven questions to ask before hiring a publisher. Get it free at authortoauthority.com slash publisher. Welcome back. Annie, just before we get into a little bit more about, you know, branding yourself as an expert, I would love for you just to take a few minutes and share a bit of your story. Right. So when I was in high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So I didn't go straight to college. And I just worked a whole string of minimum wage jobs thinking, I'll do that. And then while working these jobs, I'll figure out what I want to do. At some point when I turned 20, I realized, you know, I want to help people with their finances. I want to help people become financially independent. But that's not a job. Like there's no job for this. Right. Like Dave Dave Ramsey somehow managed to create a whole career around this. But that's not a job. That's like a business. 
And and the brand around it is his name. We don't want yeah. like Rachel Cruz, his daughter. We want Dave Ramsey. Ramsey. <laughs> um, we, we don't want his employees, you know, even though his employees can do just as good as a job. We want Dave Ramsey himself. Right. Exactly. So I'm like, how do I do that? I'm like 20 years old. I'm working a minimum wage job. How do I get people to want Annie Margarita Yang? I didn't know. <laughs> right. So one day I, I attended this small business expo and I came across this speaker with their high, high pressure sales tactic, probably like one of those publishing events you're also talking about. <laughs> and the person on stage was also very charismatic. And he's talking about how if you publish a book, you can build your credibility, you can get so many more opportunities. Here I am at 20. And I'm like, okay, I'm open to what he has to say, because I've never heard of this before. And he was selling this like workshop for $97. And he said, if you buy now, then you can invite a friend for free. So I turned to the. <laughs> no, very... Oh, yeah, that was, that's a good one. That's yeah, a good one. I, I turned to the person next to me and I was like, are you interested? She's like, yeah. I was like, OK, how about I buy this for 97 and you pay me back for 50 percent of it and, and we can go together. So I took the workshop and he showed us a system on how to write and publish a book in 40 hours. I followed his system. So he was talking about how like. Your first book is going to be a flop. You don't know what you're doing. So to to get it out quick, you know, even if you're... <laughs> it's funny, man. Yeah. It's true, though. You're not working with a professional to publish your first book. It usually is a flop. It so is a flop. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like over 90% of books don't even sell 2,000 copies. He's like, get this expectation through your head. This isn't about selling more than 2000 books. This is about yes. building authority for, yes. for more opportunities. So I was like, okay. And so he, he said, even if you're not passionate about this particular topic that you're writing about, just write about something you know a lot about. So that way you can get it out quick. Because if you have to do research and things like that, that's going to take a lot longer. And so what I knew was I knew how to save money because I lived on minimum wage. And I was yes. like, that's all I do. I save money, right? <laughs> I don't know how to make money, but I can save it. So in three months, I wrote and published 1,001 Ways to Save Money. Of course, yeah. this was in 2017. I made no sales. Nobody's ever heard of it. But I started making YouTube videos and my YouTube channel took off. And I looked at the reports two months ago. I have sold 2,000 copies of 1,001 Ways to Save Money five years later. <laughs> <laughs> love it love it yeah love so it. i i managed to hit that 2000 copies but also i i used this first book to like build my own credibility and authority because yeah. i wanted to work as an accountant but i don't have an accounting degree and people were telling me like recruiters were telling me you're not qualified for this role you're, you don't have an accounting degree you know people companies don't hire an, an accountant unless they have the accounting degree and then i was like Okay, but you know what? Some some interviewers were interested in me specifically because on the resume, I said, I'm the author of 1001 Ways to Save Money. That's why I got called into the interview. And they were like so fascinated by the fact that I wrote a book. They were like, wow, we've never met an author before. And then I'm, I'm just like, this is no big deal. I wrote this in three months. A bachelor's degree degree takes like four years. And people were more impressed by something I finished in three months than four years because in their mind, right? In yep. their mind, they're thinking a book takes between one to five years to write and publish. 
they're like, this must be like this crazy big project. So Annie must have a lot of discipline. And they liked that characteristic, the, the fact that I had discipline. That's what they equated being able to finish writing a book and getting it out there with. Like, that's that's what they thought. So I got opportunities left and right. And I got um I got three accounting jobs with no degree, like in three different searches. So I got them in less than a week. Like, that's the power of building your authority. <laughs> that's the thing. It is perceived authority. Now, don't get me wrong. Okay? It is a huge accomplishment to write and publish a book. There is there's no question about it. It's something that, you know, a lot of people dream of. Very few people ever do. But the truth is, when it came to accounting, especially since you did not have a degree, it's not that you didn't know anything about accounting, but I can probably guarantee you there was a lot of experts working in those accounting firms that were true experts, okay, mm -hmm. were more of an expert in accounting than you. But the perceived authority, because you wrote the book on, yeah. so audience, get this, you know, when you write that book, the perceived authority, the credibility, the expert positioning. Now you have to use it. See, Annie didn't just write the book and let it sit there. She used it. That's right. She I told people it. about it. She made it the center of her resume. And guess what happened? You know, so Annie's book, The Five Day Job Search is, you know, for millennials looking for a job. But that that doesn't change in terms of being an entrepreneur looking to get that big deal that big client that big coaching job that big stage that you know i mean i'll tell you right now there are certain stages you will never get on unless you are an author so That's if you true. want to speak on the big stages where you make the big money do your book now and 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 like don't even here's the thing so many people get caught up and hung up on like oh but the book's not perfect yet that's okay. Just get it out there because you know what? The audience isn't going to buy your book. <laughs> or like the person deciding whether you can speak at an event or not hasn't read your book. They're just yeah. going to be like, oh, this person wrote a book. And they're going to just check on Amazon to see if it's a real book, <laughs> quote unquote, real book. <laughs> and then they're going to be like, oh, yeah, you can speak. Right. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> or or they might they might just... Um you know, read a couple of pages, whatever, just, just to get a sense of, you know, your writing style. Um, but it's, yeah, you want, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Uh, oh, I know what it was now. I've hit that age where I, I get menopausal brain every once in a while and I, I'm in the middle of a thought and it just leaves me. So there you go. Uh, oh, your book will never be perfect. So don't try. <laughs> I, I deal with that with my clients all the time. They want the perfect book. Well, there is no such thing as a perfect book. I mean, even looking at, let's just, let's just stick to grammar. Okay. Between Canada, the US, Australia, and UK, there's probably 10 to 12 versions of grammar. You will never have perfect grammar. Even in the country you're in, you will never have perfect grammar because there will always be someone who will look at it and think it's wrong. Well, I like what you're saying there because you know what? I, I did four rounds of editing for my book, the, the new book, the five day job search, because the first book I just used Grammarly, right? But this second book, it had four rounds of editing, like professional editing, like so many, 
look-throughs. And then even some of it, I shoved into ChatGPT after ChatGPT came out because like I finished writing the book before ChatGPT came out, right? But like some of it, I actually put into ChatGPT and then I'm like, polish up the grammar, like fix the grammar if there are mistakes, right? And I paid for 10 objective reviewers, like those editorial reviews, you know, that cost $400 each. I paid for 10 of those because I wanted them. And all of them said, Oh, there's little grammar and spelling mistakes here and there. I'm like, where? Where? Like, you know, they all said that. And then I'm just like, you can't say something without pointing out there was a mistake on page 47 and the mistake was here. You know, like they just like say there's a mistake here. I'm like, I can't find them, <laughs> you know? So I think maybe the source of that, because I still couldn't figure out, maybe it's what you're saying here, that there's different rules and these people probably are from different countries. Well, yeah, and the comma is the bane of my existence, like as a publisher, because everybody has a different opinion on commas. That's true. Like, it, it's crazy. So, you know, when, when you're looking at doing this, you know, writing this book, don't look for perfection. You want to look for excellence. And, you know, one of the things that I teach and train on um, is what we call the create and scale method. So create is, you know, how do you write this book that, you know, converts readers into clients and it uses the word create. So creates authentic relationship, reveals the real problem, engages the reader, answers their questions, targeted to a specific person. And then last, it's excellently done. But if you don't have those other ones first, doesn't matter how excellently done it is, it'll never convert a reader into a client. Mm -hmm. So if the grammar is not 100% perfect, the only people who are going to care and judge you on it or maybe high level people with like English degrees <laughs> or like my best friend, Juanita. There's a reason why she's my personal editor because she's amazing and she gets me after 30, was it 35 years now we've been friends? She gets me. So, you know, she's one of the few people that gets to edit my personal stuff. <laughs> Annie, I want to switch gears here because we've got about, you know, 12, 13 minutes left. And I really want to give you an, an opportunity just to share about, you know, what you've prepared about branding as an expert. So I'm going to let you go for a bit and then I'm going to ask you a few questions. Yeah, well, I want to cater the advice to your audience because this is about author to authority. So this advice is actually going to be a little bit different from what I tell other people. Like for one of the things I tell people is to get a headshot, right? But specifically as an author to get a headshot, then in this case, like you need those professional photos for sure. If you want to get speaking engagements or be able to speak to publishers, like not, not book publishers, but like publications, like yes. Forbes magazine, Business Insider and things like that. Like your headshot needs to look like you are a best-selling author. Mm -hmm. So what I recommend is you look for a local photographer that specializes in headshots, look at their portfolio, like really, really like check out the portfolio. And if it doesn't fit the kind of image or the vibe you're going for, if it doesn't scream that, it's not going to scream the vibe you're going for when you're taking your picture, right? So it already has to have that like celebrity look. Specifically mm -hmm. for authors, it has to have that celebrity look. Yes. That's what I did for my headshot. Like, it is worth the investment. I spent $4,500 on my headshots. That like that was so important to me because now I'm getting opportunities left and right. And here's my advice on how to get that celebrity look. 
because 80% of the work is actually before you walk into the studio. Number one, you need to wear every outfit in your closet and take a picture of yourself wearing it from like, like take a picture, but then crop the picture to be from collarbone up to see how it looks because that's how it's going to look in in your final photo, right? So you want to walk in with clothes that already look like you're a celebrity as well. The second thing is the haircut. Get a fresh haircut on the day of the photo shoot. And here's what I told my hairstylist. I said, this is a little different. It's not a standard haircut I'm coming here for today. I want a haircut, but I also want you to style my hair, like curl it, whatever it is, give it more volume because I basically want you to make me look like a celebrity. Like I want to come out of here walking the streets of New York looking like I'm it, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> and she's like, okay, I can do that. And I literally walked out of there looking like a celebrity in my opinion. Right. And because I felt that I looked like it, I walked as if, you know, yes. I had so much confidence, like I was a celebrity already. And that's important because when you get in that right state of mind and you take your photo, you're going to have a certain look on your face as well. The facial expression that just screams like confidence. You know, confidence is there and then the third thing is you got to use a celebrity makeup artist don't use a standard makeup artist now for other people in in other shows that i've done because they're just job seekers it's fine if you use you know just a regular makeup artist but you as an author need to use a celebrity makeup artist because it's it's a little different like the one i used was the guy who did steve jobs makeup like he there's this iconic photo of steve jobs in that black turtleneck of his and it's just like this black and white photo everyone has seen this photo that's the celebrity makeup artist i used he has done makeup for mariah carey and like four actresses in like what was that sex in the city and like the royal family of morocco and so when i looked at my photo like the way it came out i was like oh my gosh i literally feel like i already am one because i look the part and when i started like getting on podcasts and reaching out to about, I reached out to 515 podcasts, right? I got booked on 110 of them. And people were telling me, people in the PR industry are like, what are you doing so differently? Why, how are you getting on so many shows? We can't even get our clients on that many shows. Like we, we can only get our clients on 10 shows. What's your secret? Well, I have a lot of secrets, but I'm telling you right now, I look the part, you know, people look at my photo. They're like, we want her. That's one of the things I advise your audience to do. You know, I, I, I love what you're saying, Annie. I The only qualifier I would say to that is sometimes, like me, I live in a very rural area. So first of all, being able to find those people, it would be difficult. You have probably, to fly out. You have to fly I, out. I'd have to fly out, right? Yeah, you have to fly so out. So the thing is, sometimes financially, that might not be feasible. But that still doesn't mean that you can't do the very best you can. So, you know, find the best makeup artist in your area. Yep. You know, don't just settle for anyone. Do your research. Find the best one you can. You know, do what you can within what you can afford to do. Yes. I I personally, I had a bigger budget. So, you know, I went bigger. That's why. But, you know, do what you can. If you need to, if you can only spend 500, do that. I live in Boston. I actually don't live in New York City. I had to drive down to New York City because I looked at all the photographers in Boston and then I was like, they don't have the look I'm going for. So I was like, maybe I got to expand this. New York City has a lot more photographers. And I looked at 90 photographers portfolio in in New York City. I finally found the one that I liked. He was the most expensive one of them all. 
it just so happened. And I was like, oh man, do I pay $4,500 for these? Or do I go with someone who's charging 600? Like, and then I was like, well, I, I won't know. And I don't want to have that regret of like paying someone 600 only to find out I don't like the picture. So I just went big. I was just like, I'm just going to put the money down and see how this turns out. And I love my photos. You know what? Like I, I'm not against spending the money. I'm just saying you don't have it. I think people know. should still work with their own budget. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because sometimes I think as entrepreneurs, we get this thing and people say to us, okay, you have to do it this way. And then you look at your budget and you can't. And I've seen so many people go into debt for this kind of stuff, but then they don't know how to use it afterwards. So they never recruit the money. So for me, it's always about, you know, looking at where you're at right now, using what you have, doing what you can do. And then as you, you grow, you expand, obviously, you know, you upgrade at that, at that point, because, you know, if you get into debt for your business, that can kill your business. If you can't pay off that debt, you're done. That's right. Well, that's why people have to buy and read 1001 Ways to Save Money by Annie Margarita Yang. Amen. (laughs) Um, You know, one thing I was thinking about there, Annie, is you know, you were very intentional. And I think that that's the key part of this is that you were very intentional about creating that brand, about creating that look. Uh, I was surprised when you said the PR firms were having a hard time getting people on podcasts. I mean, there are so many good podcast matching sites. And then there's a few really great ones like Podmatch, which you and I are on, right? I mean, there's no reason why they couldn't get guests on more shows. I mean, and in your profile, I remember looking at your profile on 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 Podmatch and it was spot on. That's why I'm like, yep. Yep, she has that she has that down. Like she's got that professional. You know, when I I look at a lot of profiles on Podmatch to find guests for the show and I'm like, nope, nope. I mean, I read a few words, I look at a few pictures, I look at their title suggestions and go, nope. No, I, you know, I pass on more people than I accept. But, you know, you had that brand that screamed, she needs to be on this show. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Well, that's, of course, is very intentional, because if I want to do something, I have to do it well, right? So what I did was because on Podmatch, they have like a top 10 member ranking. Mm. What I did was I looked at the top 10 profiles and I was like, oh, all of these profiles are really thorough. If yes. they're in the top 10, maybe I want to emulate what they're doing, right? And so what I did was I, I looked at it and I just analyzed, okay, they did these kinds of topics and came up with these kinds of questions. Well, maybe for my my subject area where I'm the expertise at, um, I have to do something similar. And yeah. so what I did was I actually used the aid of ChatGPT for to help me write all of that out. I was like, okay, ChatGPT, Podmatch is asking me for 10 questions. I have to 10 questions. Like, I didn't want to. I was like, why can't the host find a 10 questions? You know, why do I really have to, like, put in the time to create this, right? So I was just like, ChatGPT, Podmatch wants 10 questions. Give me 10 questions for the host related to personal branding. <laughs> personal branding as a job seeker. And then it came out with 10 questions. I was like, that's it. <laughs> And then I copied and pasted those 10 questions. So I, I, I literally, for every section of that profile, I, I use ChatGPT. <laughs> you know, 
it's funny because I understand why. Like a lot of podcasters, you know, want to have questions so that it makes it easy for them to do the interview. You know, my thing is, is I don't want your standard answers, to be honest. So I don't ask you your standard questions because I want I want the meat. I want the authority to come out of you. I want the really, really good stuff. So to be honest, the only time I look at the questions, is if the ones that you've chosen for themes for your, you know, your podcast guessing I don't like, sometimes I'll look in the questions and I'll find a theme that I like. To be honest, I, I don't even look at the questions, let alone ask them. <laughs> And I think the best podcasts are the ones that don't just go through the standard questions. It's much more engaging if we just have this incredible conversation. Well, we are going to switch gears here because we're almost at the 30 minute mark. So I try not to go over 35 minutes and I do want to take a moment or two, you know, obviously we talked about your first book, but I want to focus in on the five day job search. So first of all, tell us, you know, What is that book about? It's really about how to personally brand yourself to become an industry expert. But I still want your audience to walk away with one more valuable piece of advice that's based on the five-day job search, especially for authors. So like one of the concepts is like to get opportunities, job opportunities, you have to go big or go home, which is so I'm telling people, if you want a job quickly, you have to apply to 50 jobs a day. Well, how do we take this concept and apply it to be being an author and having your own business, going big or going home? Like you have to contact so many people. Like, for example, if I want to go on 100 podcasts, I don't contact only 100 podcasts. I contact 515 in order to hit it because then 20% of people end up saying yes. It's the same for like being able to call myself an award-winning author. So now I can call myself an award-winning author. Prior to writing this book, I didn't win any awards for 1001 Ways to Save Money. I literally, I thought you write a good book, someone's just going to knock on your door and give you an award. I didn't realize that in order to call yourself an award-winning author, you have to apply for book awards within like a 12-month period of releasing your book. So I I looked up all of the book awards that I qualified to enter because my book is self-published and some some of them have a criteria. So I have to look up only the ones that are for self-published authors. And I I applied to all 50 of the ones that I qualified for and I have already won three of them. So now I can call myself, you know, award winning of three. Right. But, But like that is the concept of going big or going home. And the next thing I want to do is I want to go on college campuses and give talks. Do I only talk to one college? No, I'm going to reach out to every single college and university in the United States, every single one of them. So like, all are all of them going to say yes? No. But if even like a good chunk of them, 10% of them say yes, then I'm going to be like a well-known speaker, right? So this is the concept of going big or going home. Awesome. I love it. Okay, so you got about a minute and a half to answer this question, but this is the question I ask every author who comes on the show. What's the good, the bad, and the ugly, especially about publishing the five-day job search? The good, it was really easy for me to publish it because I dictated the whole thing. The bad, I spent $20,000 on releasing this book on everything, as in like the headshots, you know, everything marketing, the editorial reviews that I spent 400 bucks a pop for. <laughs> the book awards cost me $5,000. So like the cost is the bad. And and what was the third thing? The ugly, the ugly. Oh my gosh, the ugly. There's nothing ugly about it. No, 
it's the, just the bad bad thing is the cost. I don't think it's ugly. I think this is a great opportunity for me. I've spent $20,000 on this thing. I think I've set my career for life because yeah. I'm definitely now positioned as an authority. Love it. Love it. I think one thing that a lot of people say the ugly was either the writing process or the editing process. That, no, that, that, usually, that was, yeah, that was where the ugly comes in. That was super easy for me. Yeah, not ugly at all. <laughs> okay, Annie, I would love for you to give one final thought and then share with the audience if they've enjoyed today's conversation, how can they connect with you? How can they connect with me? You can connect with me by going on annieyangfinancial.com. That's A-N-N-I-E-Y-A-N-G financial.com. And if you really enjoyed today's advice, then I highly recommend you buy the book, The Five-Day Job Search, even if you're not looking for a job, because we'll help you build authority in your industry. So you can guys, you guys can get like a 10% off the signed paperback copy if you go on my site, add the book to checkout and use the coupon code authority, A-U-T-H-O-R-I-T-Y. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Audience, what a great interview today. And if you're still on here listening and you want to know where to go to next, I suggest that you Scan back to episode 409, Breaking the Mold, How to Be a Rebel in a Sea of Conformity. If you are on YouTube, you will see a thumbnail somewhere here on the screen. Just click on that. If you're listening on your favorite podcast app, you're going to have to scan back a bit because this is episode 451. Scan back to episode 409. Audience, thank you for listening. It's been a joy and a pleasure having you today, Annie. And we will see everyone on the next episode. Bye now. You've been listening to the Author to Authority Podcast. The extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder, has helped over 200 entrepreneurs, professionals, speakers, and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business. And many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time.